thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today. Come on in. We are going to have us a good time today. And we have been enjoying ourselves because we've been ministering along a certain line on the series. Really, it's out of this book that God... Uh, God dealt with me about writing. It's called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. So we've been teaching out of this in previous episodes. Go back and watch yes. previous episodes because we're saying things that we, we don't have time to repeat. But this book came out of an experience that I had in 2018. I was getting ready to travel to um, St. Petersburg, Russia, and God said to me about two weeks before I made the trip, he said, while you're over there, I'm going to speak to you. Mm -hmm. So one night Jesus came into my room and you say, did you see him? No, I didn't see him. But by word of knowledge, I knew where he was and I heard what he said. And so for the next hour, I became his secretary and I just wrote down what he said. And he was talking to us about that, which we're going to need to be skillful in, in this last day era. Aren't you grateful you're part of it? I said, you're a part of it. And don't count yourself out of anything that God already included you in on. Amen. Amen. So we want to be uh, we want to be flowing in our place yes. in this era. Yeah. Now, when you see this title, look at this, the price of the double portion anointing. Not everyone is going to walk under a double portion anointing, but everyone of God's people have an anointing within them. Yes. So the things that God taught me about being effective uh, of walking under that double portion anointing would still apply to the anointing that abides within you. Now, let me clarify. Every believer has an anointing that abides within them. Uh Every believer, that anointing came in at the new birth. Um, That anointing is in there to assist you, help you. The word tells us that that anointing that abides within you, it'll teach you. It'll teach you. So that anointing that every believer has in them is not an anointing that can be increased. We all receive the same measure of anointing that is within us to teach us. Um, The only thing that can be increased is our ability to flow with it, our ability to draw on it and our ability to give way to that anointing. So that can be increased. Let's say this, our skill toward it, right? Then there's an anointing that comes upon for those who are set apart for the fivefold ministry. That anointing that comes upon is never for the individual that is anointed with it. It's to minister to the people they're 
want to come in contact with. So the anointing that comes upon is for ministry to others. The anointing that abides within is for our own personal life. Now, everyone who stands in a five-fold ministry office, a pulpit ministry, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, they also have an anointing that abides within and that's for their everyday daily life. Uh, a minister cannot live off for their own personal life the anointing that's upon them. That's right. They have to draw, learn to become skillful with the anointing that's within. So this applies to everyone. Um, although Jesus talked to me about that double portion anointing, as I said, these are things that will govern that anointing. And what we want to do is not, we want to become so skillful at being a doer of the word that we do not hinder the flow of the anointing that's within us. Because we can do things that hinder that flow. Listen, if we will learn to be skillful with that anointing within, giving it proper place, learning how to yield to it, learning how to draw on it, learning to put it to work for us, that anointing that abides within will lead us into healing, prosperity, putting our families back, putting our homes back. It'll lead us into success in every arena of life. Why? Because that is the Holy Spirit flowing, moving within us. And we need to be skillful with it. And so this is the reason I'm teaching out of the book. Not because I'm saying that everyone is positioned for a double portion anointing. Not everyone even needs a double portion anointing. Because it's based on what you're called to. And to receive, now let me veer for a moment here and talk about the double portion anointing. Just for a moment, I want to refer to it. Um, not everyone is positioned to receive that. It's for someone in the fivefold office, uh, a fivefold ministry office. But how do you receive that double portion anointing? Well, one way, the primary way is this that we see in the life of Elisha when he served Elijah. Uh, before Elijah left the earth, Uh, Elijah said, what can I do for you? Saying to Elisha, because Elisha had served him faithfully for years. And Elisha said, I want a double portion of the anointing that's upon you. And um, Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing and we're going to refer to that later. But he said, if you see me when I go. Uh So what does this, he said, if you see me when I go, it will come on you. Now, why did he say that? In other words, you can't be where God told you to be for a short time. You've got to stay there for the distance. So it's, this, this is for someone who is where God told them to be hooked up to the man of God that God put in their life. And they're there till that man's home going. They didn't, they didn't veer off and go a different direction. So Anyway, that's just a little bit of reference to that double portion anointing. But we can all have an increased skill at flowing with that anointing that abides within us. And that belongs to every believer. That's why I wanted to take some time and address and minister out of this book. I would say especially it's it's um, specifically a help to those in the fivefold ministry, but generally it's a help to every believer. So um, I wanted to say those things before we go any further. Amen. Amen. We have to become skillful. Um, to cooperate yes. with power. Yes. The anointing of God is the power of God. Yes. 
And the uh, to have a greater flow of that power yeah. calls for our greater level of skill. Yes. Yes. So that fl- that power can only flow to the measure that we're skillful. Yes. Oh. That's right. Amen. So as we increase our skill, then we can receive an increased flow of that anointing yeah. that yeah. abides within yeah. us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I remember there were times, I've had several times when there came opposition against me and I didn't turn this way to say, God, what do, you know, send something down. I turned this way yeah. to give a, if I could say this, to draw on that anointing that's already in me. Yes. Why? Because that anointing destroys yokes. Amen. That yes. anointing destroys Amen. yokes. And I could sense Uh, fear. I could sense an evil presence in the room trying to what? Find entrance. Just because you sense the wrong thing in the room doesn't mean it's in you. Not at all. It means it's looking for an access, an entrance. And um, when that happened, I immediately turned this way and I learned how to give expression to that anointing that abides within to draw it out. And within 30 seconds up came that anointing and destroyed that yoke. I didn't have to sit. I didn't have to resist for days. Listen, I resisted by employing that anointing. I didn't accept that. I, 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 I drew on that anointing that abides within and I've had that happen several times and I could sense that anointing come up and you say, what does it feel like? It feels like that. Uh, Jesus said there, uh, a fountain springing up. I could sense it springing up, a flow coming up from within. And when it did, that anointing destroyed that opposition's um, trying to get a hold on me. It's gone. Within a moment of time, learn to draw on that anointing that abides within you. Amen. Amen. And so it's it's a flow of the power of God that is, it's for you. Every single day. You don't have to wait to feel power. There's power in you. Learn how to become skillful. Thank God we can go to our church and we can go to our services and there's power in that room because when there's corporate faith, there's corporate anointing. And um, there's a power there to draw on, but there's a power that never leaves you. The word tells us in the book of John, he said, there's anointing that abides within you, never leaves. So we want to make sure we don't do anything that's going to hinder the flow of that anointing that abides within. We want to become skillful at giving place to it. Now I'm going to read, now this is not all that Jesus said to me because I'm only, um, he talked to me for about an hour that night. And so right now I'm just referring to the parts that I'm going to elaborate on. I'm going to elaborate on the whole thing at some point through this series, but right now I'm just going to talk about a a measure of it. Um, He started out by saying this, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak Mm -hmm. under the anointing. Now look at that. Do not misspeak under the anointing. Now that's going to apply specifically to fivefold someone who their, the anointing comes upon them to minister. But can I tell you this? You have an anointing that abides with you. You don't misspeak as a carrier of that anointing. Yes. Amen. It matters how we use our mouth. It matters how we use our speech, our words. Yes. Amen. Amen. So he said to walk accurately in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Bring great consecration to the tongue and speech. Not, and then he tells us how to bring consecration, not speaking lightly, 
inappropriately or with exaggeration. Only truth can be in your mouth for God and his power only flow through truth. Then Jesus said this referring to himself. He said, I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. So what's he saying? He's saying, even in my everyday conversation, the word governed it. God's God's flow governed it. Amen. Amen. So um, it doesn't mean that he didn't say hello to someone unless God told him to. It means that all of his speech was governed under the flow of God's word. Amen. Amen. Now, um, I want to take a little bit of time and let's, let's camp a little bit. Previous episodes, I've already referred to some of these things. So that's why I say go back. But I want to camp on this one phrase that he said, not speaking with exaggeration. Yeah. What's exaggeration? It's still, it's, it's, it's veering from the truth. It's taking something that might've happened and making it larger than it was. Could I say this? We could even refer to it being drama, (laughs) right? Uh, Exploiting something, um, making it appear larger, making it sound bigger and more dramatic than it was. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, You've probably heard of him, a minister in the early part of the 1900s. He was from England, a man of faith. And um, he made this statement. He said, exaggeration is not truth and God can only bless truth. He can only bless truth. Now, remember, let, let me again state what Jesus said to me. He said, only truth can be in your mouth for God and his power only flow through truth. So if you want God's power to come into manifestation, then we have to speak words that allow that power to flow. The power of God can't flow through wrong words. Can't flow through fear words. Can't flow through worried words. Can't flow through untrue words. Amen. So this is important that we learn that. Exaggeration can become a bad habit with people can become a bad habit with people. Uh, We must all discipline ourselves to tell what happened without embellishing it, without exaggerating it, without making it different than it was. That's a a discipline of the thought life and it's a discipline of the tongue. Amen. Um, We, many times people will, um, they they make it sound larger because sometimes they want a larger effect. (laughs) Right, right. Um, so we have to make sure that we're appropriate. Right. We're correct. Yes. Yes. Because God won't bless what you say when it's not correct, whether you're preaching it or whether you're just having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Power flows through truth. So we could say, we can know this truth must be in our mouth, meaning this, that what we say needs to be, in, it needs to line up with the word. Right? The truth of God's word is the greatest truth, the only truth. And so we can only uh, speak words in line with that if we're going to have a a strong flow of that anointing that abides within that's going to work for us. So personally, for every believer, we have to uh, train our, train our, train our, our tongue. That's right. right. Well, to train your tongue, you got to train your thought life. Right? Um, so truth has to be in our mouth, but for ministers, mm-hmm. truth has to be in the pulpit. Yes. Amen. That's Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. As well as in our personal life, 
In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul said this to Timothy. He gave these three words. He said, preach the word. What's he saying? Preach the truth. You can't preach something that's embellished. You can't preach something that is not the word. You can't preach, you can't preach your own opinion because opinion's not truth unless your opinion depicts the truth. But the word is truth and God is, and, and his power can only flow through truth. The danger of speaking something that's not truth, then the, then the devil can operate. Yes. Yes. Because there's not, the devil doesn't work with truth. He works with lies. He works with distortion. He will take the truth and distort it. He'll misapply it. He'll, he'll cause it to be spoken or speak it in a, in a distorted setting or in a distorted way. Now, Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16 in verse 20, Mark chapter 16 in verse 20. This is, of course, speaking the great commission that's assigned to every believer. Yes. And uh, then he, he gave the great commission. And after he did, it says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Do you know you are a preacher? You're to tell your testimony. You're to tell, talk about what God has done in your life. You are to proclaim that. And that's what preaching is to proclaim that. So they went everywhere and preached everywhere. Look at this, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Look at this, confirming the word. What's he doing? Confirming truth. He can't confirm exaggeration. He can't confirm something that is less than true. He can't, he can't confirm just a drama telling of something, you know, to tell it larger than it was, bigger than it was. Signs can only follow the preaching of truth. And the word is truth. So to have God's power in our life, we have to discipline ourselves to weed out of our speech anything that is not in line with the word. Learn to weed that out. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit works with the word and the word is preached. His power will flow. And that means he works with truth. Amen. Amen. We're not, and let me say this, we're not to preach opinions. We're not to preach convictions as ministers, fivefold ministers in in preaching from a pulpit. We're not to preach opinion. Uh We're not to preach newspapers. (laughs) We're not to preach uh, news reports, so to speak. We're not to preach convictions. Now, listen, you live by convictions, but you don't preach it because what the Holy Spirit will convict one of is different many times than what he'll demand of another. That we're all to walk in the light of the word, be doers of the word. But sometimes based on people's calls, the Holy Spirit will permit something of one, but not of another. Now, I'm not talking about a life of sin. I'm talking about maybe a way of operating. And so... um, we do have to have convictions. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I like what one preacher said. He said, we don't preach our convictions, but we sure better have them. Yes. And we live by yes. what the Spirit of God is dealing with us about. Amen. Because we can't take what the Spirit of God is dealing with us about and expect that he's dealing with everyone about right. that in that exact same way. Yes. Yes. Amen. God's going to deal with us about something in our life, but it doesn't mean that we make it a doctrine for other people. Amen. 
because God may lead them differently based on their family, based on their needs, based on their call. Amen. 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 Now go with me to Proverbs chapter eight and verse eight, and I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic translation with this. Proverbs 8 and verse 8, and the Amplified Translation says this, All the words of my mouth are righteous, upright, and in right standing with God. There is nothing contrary to truth or crooked in them. Look at that. There is nothing contrary to truth or crooked in them. Now, this is how you get a flow of anointing is that you make sure what you say is in line with truth and make sure it's not crooked, make sure it's not veering off the truth, that it's straight and it goes down the straight and narrow, so to speak. That means no exaggeration. exaggeration. Amen. Amen. We are to speak truth in the pulpit as well as truth in everyday life. Listen, when you're telling what God's done for you, keep it truthful so he can keep blessing you. Don't, don't say it in a way that it didn't happen. And I'm saying that to every Christian, but I say that to every minister too. Remember what this, what we just read in Proverbs 8, 8, it says all the words of our mouth are to be righteous. All of them, not just pulpit words. What about words we speak to our spouse, words we speak to the boss. That means that at work, we got to be be truthful. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 11 and verse 41. John chapter 11 and verse 41. Now, this is the passage in this chapter is when Lazarus had died. And you know, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were, they were in close fellowship with Jesus. He found times of fellowship with his family. And, um, of course there was word that came to Jesus that said, he whom thou lovest is sick. Well, they were talking about Lazarus. Jesus was not in the same city at the time he received this report where Lazarus lived. So they're calling him to come back so he can minister to Lazarus. Well, he stayed there a few more days where he was. But when he heard the report that Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. He wasn't saying that the sickness was for the glory of God, but the outcome was for the glory of God. So what the devil meant to, to, to steal, God would turn it and it would be to God's glory. So, uh, Jesus had made the statement, um, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Then he, um, a couple of days later, he says, let's go back. He's saying to his disciples, let's go back to where the city where Lazarus was. And um, because he said he sleepeth. And the disciples said, well, if he sleeps, he's doing well. Because when you're sleeping, if you're not feeling well and you can rest well, then that's a help to uh, getting better. So Jesus said he sleepeth and they thought he meant he's snoozing. (laughs) But Jesus was saying he's dead. How did he know that? By the spirit. No one came and told him. The last he heard of a report was somebody said he's sick. Jesus knew by the spirit he was dead. Now, they said, um, so Jesus knew when he's traveling back to see 
to, to this town. He knew Lazarus had already died. Uh -huh. So in John chapter 11, verse 41, this is the Amplified Classic Translation. The last part of the verse, it says, Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now he's standing in front of Lazarus' grave. It says, he lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. When did he hear him? He heard him three days earlier when he said, this sickness is not unto death. Well, you say, well, he did die. He's not staying dead. That's right. Come on. Meaning it's not going to end in death. I don't care what process this went through. The outcome, the last result will not be death. Death will not have the last word. So he said, Father, I thank you that you already heard me. Now notice who he didn't talk to. He didn't talk to the devil. He's standing in front of death. He's standing in front of that grave and he's not even giving the devil notice. He's talking to the one who raises the dead. He's not talking to the one who kills. He's talking to the one who raises the dead. So what do we know? His focus is on God and what he is able to do instead of on the devil who already did something. Who put Lazarus in an early grave. He's not even giving that action his attention. Amen. So he's showing us that when we're faced with uh, opposition, and it looks overwhelming, it matters where you're looking. It matters where you're looking. So he said, Father, I thank you. So what's he doing? His attention is going heavenward. His attention is going in the direction of anointing, not in the direction of death. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So he's referring to three days earlier when he said this won't end in death. The next phrase, yes, I know you always hear and listen to me. Ah, this is key. Yeah. Father, you don't just hear me when I direct words to you. You hear me when I direct words to men. Yeah. You hear me every day. You hear me when I'm talking to my employer. Yeah. You hear me when I'm talking to my spouse. You hear me when I'm talking to my children. That's right. yeah. Ah, what? So these words is letting us know God's not just hearing when we're, when we're directing words in prayer to him, yes. but when we're talking to men, what's yes. that mean? We can't just say anything we want to others and yeah. think our words with God are going to be as effective That's as they right. should be. If we want effective words with God, we have to make sure our words to others are right because God doesn't just hear us when we pray. He hears us always. And if we're talking doubt and unbelief to one setting and then go to our prayer setting and talk faith, it's not, our faith is hindered because God already heard doubt and unbelief spoken in another location. Well, it matters that we catch ourselves in how we speak all the time. Not just when we're at church, not just when the, the pastor's hearing us, not just when other Christians are hearing us, but all the time. All the time, at home, at work, amen. amen. So as I said, we're ministering out of my book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. It's a thick book or thicker. Uh, we can't say it all. You're going to have to read it. Amen. amen. So we want you to get your copy. Go to JesusTheHealer.org and you can purchase your copy there and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. 
It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue, located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.